welcome everyone to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This has been recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Today's topic is little gems with a few extra special different speakers uh, from mostly within our community. Um, the idea for, well, before I start, I'd like to say by way of a disclaimer that today's wonderful discussion, but nothing said here, constitutes financial advice and should always take professional advice before investing in your hard-earned cash. There may be the odd unplanned swear word along the way as well. The point for today is that um, various people will speak to us about their little gems uh, and then we'll also have a chat. It'll be more, of a, hopefully more interactive today, but that's not up to me. Um, it's up to these useless wazics. So we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Um, the uh, I won't do a bio for each speaker. I'll just introduce them and crack on. Um, but, you know, if you want to connect with anyone, let me know and I'm sure I can put you in touch. Meanwhile, um, uh, the idea, Little Gems, the idea was, and I think it's an idea that, as usual, came from Julie, um, or Yogesh, but Julie, this one, I think, was uh, that there's things in property or in mental health, mindset, whatever, all that sort of stuff that people have um, where some people will get more out of an idea than other people or they'll have a Little Gem, an idea that's not really out there so much or not really so well-known and they get more out of it or get a lot out of it and maybe something they'd like to share. So, um, or something that some people have five minutes experience, some people have 15 years experience and that they've used to get, um, in either of those situations, used to get ahead in what they're doing. So I thought, well, why not try and distill some of those down, get some shares on, um, and then we can all try and learn something fun and exciting, uh, well, on a Saturday morning or whenever you might happen to be consuming this lovely content. Um, so let, without further ado, let's do it. Uh, we're going to start with Mr. Ed, um, full name Edward. Yes, morning, morning. Full name is Edward. Um, so I'm an, I'm an investor and uh, a student surveyor. Um, unlike mo most of you guys, I haven't got like 20 years of experience or, or ATH and was generating 700 pounds, uh, <laughs> you know, each each property. But, you know, the main reason why I wanted to share my little gems is way more about uh, mindset, um, life organization because i've always been uh, a chaotic person um trying to do too too many things at the same time um just like a, i get easily excited um so i was i was privileged to be part of uh, tom and chris uh, and chris um mentoring group and um you know they gave me so 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 many help um on on, on that aspect and uh, something that stick the, the most with me was the um 70 70 20 10 rule um so basically what do i mean by that is what was the 70 percent that takes the the majority of your time and um try and prioritize on, on that um so just uh, so just to to give an example you've got 70 percent of the main thing that you do you've got 20 percent of maybe like a, a side hustle or or maybe like um, I don't know whatever whatever you like to do, uh, and and you've got that ten percent of maybe like improvement or self development, and and using that technique for me has been um, a really a really great tool. Um, in my own case, I'm starting to become a surveyor, so my seventy percent, for example, is surveying. So anything that I do, I try to structure my day and and my lifetime by just spending some you know majority of the time on this surveying. The next thing is property and the next thing is like self-development so personal development like maybe reading books so i wouldn't try to do eight hours of reading books and forgetting that i had to i, I maybe do only one hour of surveying just if that makes sense um and that's one of my my gems um another little gem that i've that, that i've got is again something that i still learned from from being part of the group is 
having a accountability friends. So each week I've got like a group of friends that I, that I, that I turn into and tell them about, um, you know, my week um, in, in business, um, you know, my, my, my key learnings. And in my opinion, that has been really great because, you know, sometimes property and business becomes really lonely. It's really hard to understand, uh, to, to have people that, you know, that see the vision, that see the struggles, and uh, sometimes you start getting some very trash uh, advice from, from people just that, that haven't done it before. So having those group of people that, that keeps you uh, going on is, is really good. Um, also, shout out to my friend, Joe Robinson. He's a nutritionist. Um, I'll probably put the link below of his, uh, of his, his page. He's been the one that gave me um, another advice, which is that's been really helpful, is having a, a scoreboard. So what do I mean by that? It's like having an Excel file where I record my performance during the week. So for example, if I had like some goals, um, let's say the goal was to make like uh, um, seven hours of studying and I managed to do five, I put it down in my Excel sheet. And during, during that period, I've made like, um, you know, like, like a visual representation on, on, on my performance. So sometimes I'll be like that week I did so much and I'll be like, okay, why did I do that much? Um, so I could be performing or underperforming and based on how the week went, I can understand, okay, well, I can bring to the next week, um, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, that was, was, has been really helping me out with this stuff um again it's it's easy to get carried away by just putting numbers you know some as i said you've got like a group an accountability group um you've got the scoreboard sometimes it's get easy oh let me just do it because i want to make numbers or let me just do it because i want to make my accountability friends happy or because i want to make my my i don't know my disappeared dad happy and you know <laughs> and having all these issues it's easy to get carried away and just be putting numbers and just be doing it for that. But um, that's that's having a fixed mindset, you know, just that, that's not really helpful because you get carried away, you get tired and burned out. But when you have like a growth mindset, you, you just you just appreciate the effort and the and the improvement, you know, and you always be like, OK, well, what can I do next time to make sure that, you know, it happens again or to not make it not happen again. So, so yeah, mindset is another big jam that I would say, you know, the way you approach it. So that's pretty much it for me. Edward, Super. Well done, Ed. You, not only have you uh, covered more or less all the little gems in the world, but you've done it in about four and a half minutes. So uh, double Thank win you. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Ed, <laughs> out. Um, the 70, the 70 20, 10 thing, uh, which, which is where you started, is a very interesting idea, which I think we've stolen from Progressive Property, and I'm sure they stole it from somewhere else, but shout out to, to them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad you... you were, I remember introducing that to you, and you were very excited about that. You're not excited, but you were, you were very attentive when I, we were talking about that and uh, glad to see you've done a lot with it. Um, I think it's, it's a great tool for focus, isn't it? Uh, it's a way of mm -hmm. remaining focused on the important tasks. And funnily enough, the kind of second thing you talked about of having a scoreboard and um, whichever way you want to do it, but making sure you're keeping track of the important things because the difference isn't there between important and urgent and keeping mm -hmm. the important things on a, on a spreadsheet or however you want to do it and then giving yourself a score for it can can, can motivate. I almost find like um, I've done similar things to that in the past. And if I've scored nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 for the thing, it's almost like I don't care why. 
why, but as long as I know that the thing on the spreadsheet is the thing that I want to do that I've I've decided previously is important, and then I've scored nine or ten out of ten for it, or whatever I've you know whatever scoring system you've got, it's like that's a real a real motivator. Cause like you know, it's gone great, I've done well towards that goal, and you, and you feel good. It's, it's a motivation to, to do more. Um, Oh, by the way, it, we didn't set Ed up first uh, because he was one of our ment- mentees. Uh, he did that off, off his own bat. Um, but having said that, uh, so it's not it's not all the massive marketing ploys. Not, <laughs> but uh, but if it was, I'd tell you to go and check out bestpropertymentoring.com uh, for more information. Um, okay. Oh, and then uh, uh, Colin is our uh, guy in charge of the chat today. I think Isu had a question. Uh, what was that? Uh, yeah, Isu's asking uh, Ed, what was his twenty percent? What's his ten percent? All oh, right. Um, so, so my my seventy percent, my seventy is he my personal seventy percent or? Yeah. So you well, I think she she was asking about your twenty and your ten specifically. All oh, right. Yeah. So, so so my twenty is, is property. So basically, um, you know, finding finding property, doing property research, going for viewings, um, try and be as much as possible in the copper. Couple, couple meetings, you know, uh, that's my 20%. I understand that surveying is my most important thing. So I, I try not to do too much on property, if that makes sense. So if I can only view uh, two houses that week, I won't beat myself up and be like, oh man, I, I should have been doing like 100, 100 houses in a week because that's what the, the academy told me to do. Uh, blah, blah, you know, it's just not my priority anymore um, at, the, at the moment. Um, obviously, that, that changes. Um, uh, my 10% is more is is more um, exercising my my mind. So like reading reading books, um, reading books, getting myself motivated, um, and yeah, personal development. Basically, you know, it, it's really easy to forget that you you know that that even sit down and, and meditate and think. Okay, I've got a 10 year plan. You know, let me just revise it again and see and see how I can improve. You know, it, it's really easy to get over it. So having that ten percent as a priority as well, that, that really helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like um, like a lot of these ideas, they're quite simple ideas. But I think the seven, the power of the seventy twenty ten is that um, it 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 focuses your mind to say, hey, this is your main thing. Basically, the seventy percent is try and focus on one thing, so you don't end up focusing on thousands of things, which is quite common for an entrepreneurial type of person. You know, have thousand ideas a day and end up chasing shiny pennies. So exactly. it does that, but it also it also accepts that, yeah, you know, at the same time, it's not hundred zero zero. We're we it's fine to have a main thing and some other things that in the future might become your main thing. You know, so. Mm-hmm at the moment is is studying towards being a structural surveyor or whatever it is and um uh, but then in the future once he's completed that maybe the property slides over from the 20 to the 70 but he's already been working on that so it's not like a whole new thing it's just it changes the priority and and having again the 10 i think a lot of people have the 10 as like a either a mental health thing or a self-development thing or a bit of both of those um mm-hmm. because it fits quite nicely there it's something you want to constantly work on and not forget about it's important but it's it, you don't want it to be you know you don't wake up some people do but um most people don't want to wake up and stay at a blue screen for 14 hours um you know meditating and then go to bed again right um there's only really monks want to do that uh <laughs> we, we've got today so thanks for that Ed. We, we, no we've got today the we've trained people on how to use the raise hand uh, uh feature of zoom and um and by jingo it's worked um with mark and may lee uh i'm not sure which one it is but uh, mark or may lee uh, what have you got for us yes hi um yeah i think thank you ed that was uh i think really helpful and i just wanted to add that um, I think what you laid out is kind of the structural strategy. And in terms of implementing that strategy, what 
I found helpful, especially for your 20% or 10%, that's not your main gig, because it's easy to say, well, in my main job, you know, I've got these priorities and I need to do them X, Y, Z. But for the side gig, I found it really hard to accomplish things that I prioritize because I get distracted. As Tom said, you know, you've got all these other things. Um, and so it sounds simple, but one thing that I've learned is just just like write down the the most important thing that you need to accomplish today for your side gig. And, mm-hmm. and instead of having like three things or five things, which I think most of us do, right? You have a to-do list that's very long, but if you could just distill the one thing that you'll feel good about doing if you did it today and that really shouldn't wait until the next day, then you don't beat yourself up if you only did that one thing, uh, right? And you think, oh, but I've got 10 things. I only did one. I'm not productive. But if you could just say like, this is the one thing that's the most important for your 20% gig or your 10% gig, then I think it just helps provide clarity. And then you also have a sense of accomplishment and and don't feel like you're not being productive if you didn't do other things. Um, And the second thing that I found helpful is, and probably most people already know this, but the top, Pomodoro uh, method or like the time boxing method where you um, basically set a timer for 25 minutes and you work exclusive, you know, whatever your one thing is, you're like, I just need to focus this one thing. I'm going to put 25 minutes, no distractions, not going to check my phone, not checking emails, not doing other things. Mm -hmm. And then when the 20 minute is up, you take a five minute break and you, you must leave your desk and do something that's not related to work. So it's stretching, getting a glass of water, going to the, you know breathing meditating whatever um and and then when that five minute is up you go back and do 25 more minutes and you do four of these um and that's one set and then you take a longer break and that could be a half hour break or one hour if you if you really need it and then you can have lunch or go for a walk you know have a phone conversation or whatever it is that you know i i think rejuvenates you and then Mm -hmm. you go back and do the 25 minute thing again so it just really helps you focus instead of I think sometimes it's easy to get pulled into, oh, answer this email or someone messaged me, um, right? Or all these little things, oh, I need to do grocery shopping or let me see what's on Amazon. And I think this just helps you focus and actually accomplish that one thing you really want to accomplish today. Fabulous. Thank you. Very, thank you. Thank you, Mei Lee. Um, during that, uh, Colin was showing off his clock, which I think was um, is what he uses to, to, to use that exact method. My, my, it all sounds great. My only problem with the Pomodoro method is it always sounds to me like a method of birth control. Uh, and so I struggle, to, I struggle. I struggle to get on with it, to be honest. But, uh, but I think the idea, that's Colin's other clock for birth control, I think. You know, a 25-minute time Tom, then I'm off. I've got to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, in which case, as Colin rightly points out, time, as always, is our friend and our enemy. So let's crack on with speaker number two, namely Mr. Gaskin. Um, hello, Sam. I'll let, I'll let the speakers introduce themselves so they can say what they want to say about themselves or not, you know, keep themselves like men in the shadows or women. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, Sam Gaskin. I'm a landlord uh, since 2004, and uh, I invest in single lets, HMOs, and... I've been running an HMO lettings agency in Manchester since 2015. Um, so I have 10 little gems for you. Um, but not necessarily property related, but um, I've, I've been reassured just now, you know, it can also be about mindset. So apologies in advance if I'm teaching you to suck eggs. But here we go. Um, number one is personal development. So... Embrace 
what Tony Robbins calls can I, the you know, constant and never-ending improvement, and the idea of lessons learned. Um I was a when I was a kid, I was very shy and I bought a book about building confidence, and that kind of sparked my interest in personal development, Tony Robbins, the idea of human potential and that anything is possible. Um and then also on the lessons learned side, I've came across that more through my career. And yeah, you know, if something doesn't work out as expected, it's a fantastic opportunity for you to learn and implement something to get a better result next time. And it's the compound effect. And you know, where you're either you're doing something and it's either improving or the, the opposite. So it can be either positive or negative, the logarithmic curve. Uh, 1% a day. So per, number one, personal development. Two, um, dream and visualize. So, th and this needs to be not sat in front of your laptop in a little dark room where you're working. Uh, it needs to be in an inspiring environment. Um, so it could be on the top of a hill in uh, the woods uh, by the beach where you can kind of just get out of the day to day and reflect really on, on where you know where you are when where your life wants to be and then it's writing down those inspiring goals whether it's annually and then breaking it down as quarterly and then you know you work on that that weekly then and prioritizing those actions that are going to move you forward that week um and have a system to dump everything that's in your brain and if there's something that you you should uh, take note of write it down because you, you know that's been one of my um, failings in the past is I've just had too much in the head and then I forget stuff so I always write it down now um, on a system then you can schedule those tasks to get them done so that's number two dream uh, dream and visualize number three seek out people education or mentors uh, to help you achieve those goals um, so you want somebody uh, like Ed was saying somebody that's going to hold you to account um, somebody that will push you to take difficult decisions um, or, you know, maybe actions that you're putting off um, or maybe you're just being plain lazy and you need to kick up the arse. Um, and it's also somebody that you can bounce ideas off and that will give you an outside view from a third party. They're not necessarily involved in the day-to-day -day with you know you've got a lot of emotions attached to your decisions you're making it's somebody that can look at it objectively and help you move on so that's number three uh number four is to consistently network and build relationships when when i've been thinking about this and looking back many pivotal moments in my life have been influenced by people uh, or friends that i've met through network meetings you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what little gem you're going to leave with that meeting. So that's number four, networking relationships. Number five, systemize and outsource. This is something I've kind of learned more about as I've built my lettings agency. Um, why? Well, it gives you um, time, first of all. So you're by, by uh, documenting things, systemizing it, um, you're able to outsource it, give it to somebody else to do. You're working your way through those lower value tasks, more like the, de the delivery 
um, so that you can focus on the management and then the business development. So you're increasing your value uh, and your, your pay rate ultimately. And also very important is that you're enabling your business uh, or your, your investing to achieve consistent results because you've got a you know step-by-step process that you're looking at and kind of evolving at uh, with the point number one, improving it. So that's number five, systemize and outsource. Number six, uh, this is one I was just thinking about what you know things that haven't gone well for me. And and last year I had a very stressful period where I'd lent some money, um, not just me, but also my dad. because uh, I was like, I, I get very excited about uh, opportunities. Oh, this is great. No, you should say, okay, yeah. So I, I lent a substantial amount of money to an investor, um, kind of like developer, really, and my dad matched it. Somebody that I knew and trusted, liked, you know, they had a track record, very you know, impressed with their offering. And then when it came time to pay back that loan, there was it was quiet their end, and after a bit of chasing, there was a bit of a response, and then it was like, oh, would you might you know. Would you mind extending it for another year? I was like, well, actually, if you'd come up to us in advance, maybe, yeah. But um, uh, now we're a bit concerned now. Um, would you mind paying it back, and then we can see if we could go again? And then it just got a bit worse from then. It got to the point where um, I was having quite a few sleepless nights, thinking I'm not going to get this back, and even worse, I'm you know I've lost my dad's money, so. The, the the lesson looking at that one was, and maybe now it's because I'm you know a bit later on in life, later in the journey. When perhaps when you've I don't know, it's about risk, isn't it? So what I've written down here is, if you're lending money, make sure you have security, so a first chance, or be prepared to lose it. Um, so you know, okay, it's you know, it's the risk reward kind of decision, um, and you're prepared to lose that money. We had personal guarantees in place. Unfortunately, in the end, you know, it all came right, but we had to go through solicitors and yeah. Uh, so I don't think I would do that again without a first charge. Number seven, financial clarity. So again, this has come more through the, the business, but but equally on the personal side, you kind of your personal wealth as well, financial clarity. So you as an entity, knowing, knowing things like your net worth, um, Having a net worth spreadsheet, your uh, a monthly PL for all your properties and overall, so you can see kind of which properties are performing, which are not, what are the issues, what actions you need to take. Uh, balance sheet, uh, where you can measure, you know, like movements there, things like loans, outstanding, and so on. And then have a budget in place for each entity, whether it's your personal or your different businesses. And then you, you obviously every month you're you're reviewing against that budget, and then every year you're kind of resetting the budget. So that's financial clarity. Number seven, number eight, uh, get investment advice from an IFA or similar. So uh, this was something that I did last year, um, probably far too late in the game. But there you go. Uh, he's not an IFA. He was just somebody recommended to me through my mentor um so i'm working with a guy called damien fogg uh he wrote a book called the money shot uh, he's he's um, written a number of uh, podcasts and so on and he's a successful investor trader he was also a chartered surveyor so he's got a kind of 
exposure across all of the asset classes. And it's been really helpful to uh, open my eyes to other investments apart from, from property and understand things like asset allocation, whether it's, you know, the 60-40, where you're like looking at safer asset classes, like things like bonds, uh, gold, and then the, the, the more riskier, but then, you know, uh, the, the classes that got more potential to grow, like equities. So, yeah, we're going to be we're we're investing some of our savings into stock market or, or or into that asset allocation. But also, it's having again that that person and maybe he's taken on a bit of a marriage counselor role because I have meetings with David with my wife, and it's really helped us. Things look at looking at your own home. So where we were, we were kind of stuck in a decision uh, about moving from a two bed to a three bed apartment. Um, for the sake of our kids and our sanity, but um, he really helped with that decision on how to, to move forwards. It was just having a, a third party kind of like questioning us, and and, we, and and in the end, we agreed a purchase lease option for one out one year. So we were in that apartment, and now we're trying it out. And then it's we recently had a call with him, and he said, you know, you like it? Why why not just buy it now and negotiate with the the vendor a discount on what you've already get, agreed on the the rental payment? So it just it's just the third party again has somebody helping you, not just looking at property, but your whole um, kind of um, wealth and uh, investments. So that's number eight. Uh, number nine. I don't know if anybody on the call has HMOs, and if they are, um, if they've been killed slowly by increased energy bills. But if you have, check what kind of um, contracts you're on. If you're on business rates, which um, this is something that's just front of mind for me, because last week one of our landlords has just had a, a thousand pound uh, bill for electricity, one of his HMOs, and we were looking. I was looking through the the, the bills and so on. First, well, there's a couple of things. So, if you're on a business rates and it's a domestic property, uh, like such as an HMO that qualifies for an exemption on the climate change levy and reduced rate of VAT. So these are extra charges that you'll pay if you don't apply for the exemption. And so you'll, you'll be paying 20% VAT instead of 5%. So you can make a big saving there, but even bigger, and this is something that, that came about just through sharing this and, and through a couple of Facebook comments and, and friends that got in touch, is that domestic rates uh, are and have been a lot far cheaper than business rates since COVID. And I began looking at this last week for one of my properties where I've been paying, I've, I've been paying about £700 a month for a four-bed student HMO in Coventry. And speaking to the agent to see what we could do to get the bills down, but it's really the prices. I've, so the prices there, I've been paying about 52 pence per kilowatt hour for electricity when Really, at the moment, you should be on domestic rates. It's about twenty-seven pence uh, for electricity and about seven for gas. So I'm paying about double. And speak to my supplier. Uh, I say, can I switch to domestic? And he said, yeah, cool. yeah, you can. So that, that's happening, and you can just—it's going to half my energy bills just on that one property. So definitely, if if you've got an HMO and you, you just check the the rates that you're on, and if they are commercial, switch to. Uh, domestic residential that's number nine uh finally number 10 
Um, I don't know if it's a little gem or a note to, to self or the ramblings of a madman, but I'm going to read it to you. So um, when you're pedaling on the bike of life, remember, you're not Superman. It may be tempting to think that you can fly around corners in the wet, but when you're flying through the air towards the concrete, reality bites. So keep your feet on the pedals, your eyes on the road, and your ACL and meniscus intact. I shall leave it there. Is that from a man who may or may not have a big brace on his knee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was just rambling there or if it, or if it can be applied to uh, uh, property and investing, but there you go. Was that something you wrote from the hospital bed? <laughs> <laughs> I always find there's, uh, there's great wisdom to be found there. Um, uh, great stuff. Thank you, Sam. Uh, uh, there's loads of them, right? That, that was something I took from uh, from Sam's. First of all, he did 10 happy days, um, 10 little gems. But it's like um, we've got some others and we've got some more coming up. And if you're like me, easy to get overwhelmed and think, right, screw this. There's too many little gems. I'm going to go and have a biscuit. That's what I'm going to go and do. Um, so it, it, here's my top tip thinking about that myself is take one of all these find what i mean by all means do all of them <laughs> i always think i also thought what reading the self-development books when i first started is if you did all these you'd never get any work done right you'd go journaling you'd have financial clarity but you wouldn't have any damn properties or business or whatever it is you're trying to do to make some coins so there is a balance of that you, you probably can't do everything um you have to decide which ones are powerful for you maybe based on your character which ones are going to be the most the, the ones that are going to really move you forward and that's going to be different so you need to decide so for me um uh, we've got uh, the lovely julian colin uh, coming up but um uh, so far the one i'm going to take away is financial clarity now that's that's because the stage of the journey i'm at i already have some financial clarity i was like yeah some of the things that sam was talking about there i don't have and that would really help me help me move me forward so i'm going to go away and, and, and put that on my to-do list and, and get it done um but for you it might be something something else like uh another one another note i made was how, how easy easy journaling can be and how powerful it can be i don't do it so much anymore but i certainly did it for a few years and it was amazing when i first when i first thought about it, oh there's nowhere near here that would be good for that and i thought hang on a minute there's that wooded glade just at the end of my street and so I used to go out there early morning before breakfast to get get out, get in the car for about thirty seconds. It was a very short drive. Sit in a car park, but a wooded glady type of car park, and and sit there and and do some journaling. And found it very powerful. Um, found it, yeah, I found it good. So pick one. If on that note, and to put Sam on the spot, because that's my favourite thing. If you had to choose one, Sam, uh, one of your ten, what would you do? What which one would you choose? It's it's probably. I mean, it's a bit cliche and. and boring but number one just personal development i think working on yourself i think simon zucci says doesn't it the best investment you can make is into yourself yeah i would agree with that there you go all right uh let's crack on uh with the lovely well have we got any have we got anything in the chat kicking off um questions about the financial advisor sam mentioned um what was his name we need a name sam we need a name damien fog uh, damien with an e Damien Fogg, if we remember between us, we'll stick uh, details uh, in in with the podcast. But, uh, you know, people are lazy, so that's um, that's that. Uh, Julie. Hello. Um, you know, what I love about all these little gems is, although this is property meat, none of, well, none of them, few of them are related to actually property stuff, right? They're all like how we sort of, um, how, how we sort of organise ourselves. And that's, that is really very much where, where I'm coming from with the little gems as well. Um, and the reason for that, I suppose, is um, I, for the last 15 years or so, have been growing our property portfolio from outside the UK. Now, seven of those years, or six or seven of those years, I was actually paused. And that was because 
um, a few things had gone wrong and they didn't work out. So I paused. And then when I restarted, really, my, my knowledge didn't change a lot. What changed was how I how I organized my time, how I saw things, how, how I looked at things and my mindset and things like that. That was really what I made the biggest change in rather than like getting different knowledge, which on the one hand was frustrating because I'd always had the knowledge, but I've made no progress for seven years, but um, hey-ho, that's why I've I've chosen on the like everyone else, um, sort of mindset type of things. So my first one is um, a little thinking tool. I think I saw it in a, it could have been a Forbes magazine or like something like that. But, um, you know, I used to get sort of, um held back by thoughts of oh I, I can't I can't grow up in my property portfolio because we're overseas I can't do it because of this and I'd I'd be thinking I'd be thinking like that so one of the things I found really helpful was to flip my thinking so um if I ever find myself thinking oh I can't do this thing because of this reason I try and think of it differently and think how can I do this thing so uh, you know how can I grow my property portfolio even though I'm thousands of miles away and it sounds really silly, but just flipping your thinking to it just even just like for your internal conversation. How can I rather than oh I can't, you know, it could be anything like, oh, I can't, I can't exercise or I can't find time. It's like, how can I find the time? So that's my first one. How can I? And if anyone knows the person who coined that phrase, then let me know because it definitely wasn't me. I really did read it somewhere. I just cannot remember where. Um my second one is it's really focusing and taking action on the very next step. So um, sometimes you know, I can get caught up thinking about the big picture and the grand plan and things like that, which is super important. Um, but then sometimes um, you know, I can find that I'm maybe not actually taking, taking action or worrying about what might happen and different permutations and combinations. So sometimes I, or often these days, my habit is to focus on what the immediate next step is that's going to move me forward and not worrying about, you know, things that are going to happen beyond that, just focusing on getting past that next step. Because sometimes that next step is annoying, boring, difficult or whatever, and we can just sort of leave it. So putting ultra focus on the next the very next step and 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 help you make sure you move forwards um my next one is focusing on what's in our control rather than um worrying or stressing or you know about things that are outside of our outside of our control um so um you know there's so many examples of this in property you know we can get frustrated about things that are happening or not happening that that we want to and and each day when something like that's going on I just think right you know what can I do today to move this forward you know who can I call who can I email um you know what can I actually do what is totally within my control rather than just sitting here and waiting for the thing to happen and quite often it is you know picking up the phone maybe it's just even asking somebody like you know how's this going is there anything I can do to help you they might say no I'm still working on it or no it's being held up because of x y and z reason um but what I've found is when I've done that, if I've just done the thing that's within my control and said, you know, sometimes it's been, how can I help? Then we've actually come up with an, an idea of a of a different way of doing things. So I've elaborated a little bit there, but it really is about, you know, just taking action on what's in your control rather than worrying about what is um, outside of your control. And there, I suppose, that's three, isn't it? Yeah, I'll leave it there at three. One, two, three. Super. Thank you, Julie. Uh, really uh, inspiring stuff. 
Um, I particularly liked uh, the you know asking a better question, the kind of almost removing the blocker, isn't it? We all get stuck in the mud in the in the long grass sometimes, and the kind of this is you no know, woe is me. This I'm not, I can't do this. Sack it off. I'm having another biscuit. I have a lot of biscuits, don't I? Um, as you can see, and uh, I need to have more of these. He's be asking better questions because we ask that better question of um, how can we do it or what can we do or just let's change the change the mindset, change the question. Um, I had one where I want I still haven't managed this by the way, but but I. I'm on, on the on literally on the road. I wanted to cycle 100 miles in five hours. There you go. I said it publicly, and um, that's another another little gem, by the way. Um, uh, and you go well. Anyone with a mathematical bent will work out that's 20 miles an hour for five hours, which is pretty quick for an, an old bloke like me with a dodgy knee. Um, uh, but and for ages it was like oh, I can't do that. I couldn't possibly do that. But then when you change the question, say, well, how could I do that? How can I make progress towards it? Suddenly the, the whole the the, the the you can feel the the tectonic plates of your mind start to shift, and that's the first step of getting the whole thing going. Uh, we had a hand there. It may have been an accidental hand, but I think that was lovely. Lauren, um, did you have something you wanted to add, Lauren? No, sorry, I was just, it was a clap. Oh, I, a clap. That was really helpful. Even better. <laughs> Look at that. Support. We can, uh, shows my knowledge of these Zoom features. Uh, it makes me look like a moron, which is good. That's a good thing. Um, fabulous. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Isu came up with the helpful idea of going downhill. Um, I think I think that might be cheating, <laughs> but uh, but an excellent idea nonetheless. All right, cool. Um, uh, Colin, what have you got for us? Who are you, and what have you got for us? Who am I? Uh, Colin Alty, ten-year uh, property investor and independent financial advisor. Um, it's it's funny actually because uh, whilst this is normally a property uh, event, my little gem is also about mindset. Um, and I remember the very first course that I ever went on. Uh, I paid for this course down down near London, and I went down for the day. And uh, the whole of the first morning was about mindset. And I remember turning to the guy sat next to me and said, "If this guy, if this continues in the afternoon, I want my money back because I came down and telling him about property, not about mindset." But about seven or eight years later, I, I bumped into the guy who was running that course again, and I actually went up and I had to shake his hand and say, <laughs> "Actually, you are spot on. It is all about mindset." <laughs> Uh, in, in my twenties, I used to I used to be a programmer. I used to be, I'm a chartered engineer by trade as a, a, a IT programmer, and I, and I thought that knowing the most about programming was the most important thing. So I spent all my twenties working about programming, um, getting my knowledge up. Then in my thirties, I realised actually uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So I spent all my thirties working on uh, on networking and, and my interpersonal skills. Then I got to my forties, and I realised that actually what you know is really important, and who you know is really important as well. But um, what goes on between your ears is the most important thing, because if you can't get your ass out of bed in the morning to get up and do a day's work, then, there's, then it doesn't matter what you know, who you know. So uh, we talked a bit about mentoring. I, I, I coach a few, uh, a few handful of clients at a time, um, and this is something that I teach. Some of them, not all of them need it, but some of, the thing, uh, some of them do need a bit of help. And it's something that I discovered in my 40s about the relationship between productivity and motivation. Because an awful lot of us think that we need to wait for motivation to do something. And uh, in actual fact, uh, I've discovered that it's the other way around. Uh, and it's, uh, there's a few interesting phrases, which I'm sure we've all heard, which is, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. Or the other one is, how do you walk a thousand miles? One step at a time. Or indeed, how do you, how do you cycle a hundred miles, Tom? You know, one, one revolution at a time. So, so the, the trick is here to reduce the task down to the smallest possible action, which is similar to what uh, Julie just said. So let's, let's give an example. Let's look at property examples. You've got your accounts to file you know, at the end of the year. Either it's your personal accounts, got to be in by the 31st of January, or it's your company accounts, got to be in by uh, nine months after your company year end. 
and uh, and, we, and we've all been in a situation we, we put them off I'll, I'll do it tomorrow because it's a big task and, and and this this task whatever it is whether it's filing your accounts or something else grows into this big thing in in your head uh, and you sort of sit there waiting day for days and weeks and months sometimes for the motivation to to spring out of the ether and what, of course, you're doing is you're procrastinating. You're putting it off because it's, it's a big job and you don't want to do it and it's difficult and it's hard. You're not quite sure what's going to happen here and you might get this bit wrong. And when you submit it, you know, what if it, you make a mistake and you get all these thoughts in, in your head? So let's work through that example. So to file your accounts, you need to send a year's business information to your accountant. Well, to send a year's business information to your accountant, you need to enter it all into your accounting system, whether that's a spreadsheet, maybe it's he's given it to you or zero or some other accounting package. Well, to enter all of that information to zero, you've got to submit like your receipts, your receipts for stuff you bought. Your receipts have got to get all in, into there. And you might have hundreds of those. So to submit your receipts, you've got to process all your receipt slips. You've got to get find them all, get them all together. They're either in a shoebox or they're in, you know, down the back of the settee or in this pocket and that pocket or in this wallet or scattered over your desk, wherever. You've got to find them all. And to process all your, your receipt slips, yeah, really, you've got to do one. You've got to start with one. Yeah, you've got to find that first time, actually. I've got one to hand. You've got to find that first receipt slip. You've got to get it out and you've got to do one. So the minimum task you can do, the the one, the smallest possible action you can take that actually moves you along towards your goal is to pick and process one receipt. And so that's that's the tip. Set that as your goal, your smallest possible action. Yeah, I will do one receipt today. And then you give your permission, give yourself permission to stop for the day and say, well, you've done a job well done. You set yourself a goal. I'm going to do one receipt today. I might have 300 receipts to do, but I'll do I won't worry about all that. I'll just do one today. Yeah. And when I'm done, when you're done, you've achieved your goal. Well done. Give yourself a nice little pat on the back. Yeah. And commit to doing another one receipt tomorrow. And there you go. Job done. You're happy. But then here's the surprising thing. And this is what I, I learned in my 40s is that once you do one receipt, you kind of think, well, actually, that wasn't so bad. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'm going to do another. And then you do two. And sometimes you might do three, you may even get to four. And occasionally you'll surprise yourself and you'll sit there for an hour or two and you'll do all your receipts in one go. And you'll sit there and think, huh, I wonder why I didn't do this months ago. <laughs> that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. But the interesting learning there is that productivity drives motivation. Of course, motivation drives productivity and it becomes a virtuous cycle of positive feedback. Yeah, but the key is you must make that first step. So how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. I'm not going to eat a whole elephant. I'm just going to eat this. I'm going to get one one little bit here. I'm going to eat one I can eat a mouthful. I can manage a mouthful. I can be productive to do the smallest possible job, whether it's a mouthful, whether it's taking one step, whether it's filing one receipt. Yeah, and you do something so small that even you, to, uh, uh, to, to quote... Um, Jordan Peterson, he said, in your wretched procrastinating self, even you can achieve one receipt. So there you go. That, that's my that's my little gem. Break task down to the absolute smallest possible thing you can do and just commit to do that. And if that's all you do that day towards it, you've done. And it's, it, that's, this brings in like a slight edge as well, which is to take small little steps every day is far more productive than, than doing you know, a, a day's worth of, of, of activity and stuff. So it's, it's just turning up and doing the work. But, but you over that hump by doing it one step at a time super stuff colin thank you very much um 
uh, I liked a few people waving receipts around there as Colin showed one. Amazing how many of us have them on the desk. It's, I don't know, like there he is. There's your guest with his. I was. I, I've got to be. I've got to think. I've got. I don't know, but I've got to think. And by the way, I, I'm one of those guys. I, I haven't got any in the minute, but usually I have. And I've got to think like that might be something else to take today. Don't keep your damn receipts on the desk. That's got to be filling up mental space. It could be used for something better, hasn't it? Um, but I could be wrong. Everyone, you know, everyone can do what they want. Of course, uh, none of this constitutes financial advice. Um, so, uh, first of all, Colin's gone last. Never a difficult, never an easy position to go into. And um, and worth reflecting, as a couple of our speakers have already, that that a lot of this is mindset stuff, right? I'm going to try and finish with something property specific, but that uh, for no particular reason. The, the mindset stuff, I think, I, I completely agree is, if anything, the most important. Um, uh, speaking of mindset, Lauren says uh, in the chat, really helpful as it's easy to worry about the big things that you don't have control over in property. Uh, I think I'm pretty confident that was directed at Julie, but worth noting that could have, could have been directed at anyone. So um, thanks for that. And uh, John uh, likewise found that useful. Um, okay. Uh, uh, yes. And, uh, you know, don't say we don't, um, don't help out here because as well as mindset stuff and all little gems, Colin also gave practical advice on filing your taxes. So if you've not done that before, you're, uh, you're, you're ahead. Um, I'm going to finish up. I may even finish roughly on time. I might, I might try and give Yogesh a minute or two. Uh, but, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let Yogesh, uh, talk us out. But, um, in the meantime, uh, I, the couple of little shares I wanted to do was was to echo and maybe expand a little bit on what Colin said about the slight edge by Jeff Olson, especially if again talking about being a, a wretched procrastinator, um, which I definitely am. Um, uh, I've and it's a bit like a bit like being, and I'm not an alcoholic or or an addict, but uh, for the, but I think I understand from the the words that are used in in those circles is you, you understand that you will be that for the rest of your life. It's just you've got to try and work out to manage it. And I, I think the same the same is definitely true for procrastination. That I will die a procrastinator. The only question is how I will manage that between now and then. Um, and I've got to say, for the last ten years, I've managed it much better than I ever thought possible. So if you're a procrastinator and never quite managed to beat that. I don't want to call it a disease, but whatever you want to call it, then um, uh, then I, I'm here to give you hope, and I'm sure others can too. That it's 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 quite defeatable. You never never completely it never goes away, but you work out tools to get rid to, to to do better with it. And um, and the slight edge by Jeff Olson is one of the main tools that I've used to do that. Um, so if you haven't already read that book, I'll try and put a link in the description um, to buy it on Amazon or whatever. And uh, Great book, funny book because you, you more or less know what's in it already by the title. Um, but what you don't know is the detail, and the devil is always is in the detail. Uh, and just to give one example, he talks in the book at length about how if you look at two people and you let's let's the supplier property example where somebody decides to rent their home, somebody decides to maybe stretch a little bit and try and buy their first home. Then over time, if you look at those people one year in, two years in, ten years in, there's not that much difference. One person owns the home, one person doesn't. But at the end of the month, they've got the same amount of money. But then when you look. 30 years on and one person's maybe paid off their mortgage and is able then to leave an asset or multiple assets to their family when they depart or even to enjoy in their retirement if they want to do equity release whatever it is and you compare that to the person who's still renting um then then short term it doesn't make much difference but long term it makes a massive difference and and i find that to be true another example would be someone like warren buffett who's a multi-billionaire and made something like 99 percent of his money after his 65th birthday why because of the miracle of compound interest so a lot of this slight edge stuff links into compound interest and, and that interest doesn't just need to be money it can be time it can be skills so again if you learn um i think i'm stealing this from rob moore if you want to learn more or less anything uh, then the best time to do it is, is as soon as possible because if you learn to touch type when you're 12 years old which by the way i did um oops sorry i might have microphone noise there um then um 
that's going to have a massive return on investment because if you're lucky enough to live to be say 70 then uh you know you get to use that skill day in day out um and, and get an edge on everybody else or lots of other people and you repeat that whether that's language learning um investments whatever it is then then it can be really powerful um so so do that and then Lastly, I'll finish with one. I think it's mostly aimed for newer investors, but probably relevant for everybody and uh, keeping it property specific. So last one for me is is never let, I haven't got enough money be an excuse in property for you um, because it's the easiest and most obvious of all the excuses um, and reasons not to, for inaction and it's not good enough. Um, it's not enough to stop people. How do I know? Well, because there's plenty of people who haven't got any money or no money to start with, including me years ago, and um, and it didn't stop them. Um, and if you think about your heroes in property, you know, that's Richard Branson or whoever it might be, um, like you, you, well, Bill Gates, not property, but you know what I mean? Like these kind of people, they wouldn't let it stop them either, would they? So um, whatever the problem is, that's not really it. The problem is you haven't worked out other strategies and other techniques that can work without needing um, the money or that you can use other people's money or whatever else that there is. But it's the, probably one of the most common excuses or reasons that I hear, and it's it's not enough. Um, so make sure that's not you. I mean, it's perfectly valid, but uh, but it's not enough to it shouldn't be enough to stop you. Right. Um, Yogesh, you have about 30 seconds, uh, and you're a man who, I know, uh, he probably has about 300 hours of value. So what, what 30-second uh, little little gem do you want to see us out with? You have to unmute yourself first, that's definite. Okay, found the button. <laughs> uh, I'll do three quick things. Oh, you caught me off guard. I thought we were going to run out of time. Uh, the things that have changed my life in terms of time and giving back my time are getting accounting software like Zero or there's the other one, I can't remember. And because it pulls all your bank feeds and you don't have to worry about your tax returns because your accountant can do it from that usually. So that's number one. Number two uh, is getting a virtual assistant. Just pay someone to find your virtual assistant abroad in the UK. Test them for five or ten hours a week and you'll be amazed how much work you give them. It's completely changed my life. And number three, yes, uh, Sam was talking about this about ideas. So definitely create time and space to come up with ideas. And I, my ideas come up in my in showers. It's really strange, but other people when they're exercising, whatever, but make that space to come up with ideas. But more importantly, write it down. So when I get an idea, like Sam gave me an idea about this financial advisor he's got, uh, I'm probably going to contact him. It's gone in my phone. It's in my calendar, and it will repeat every day until I actually call him or email him or contact him or he calls me back. And it doesn't stop repeating until it's done. Uh, which does make my calendar quite full, but it means nothing gets flipped. And the other software that helps with that is something called Trello, which, again, you can add jobs to, and it stays on there until it gets done by you or your assistant or someone else. Um, that's it. Is that okay? Fabulous. Absolutely smashed it. Great way to see us all out. Um, appreciate everyone being here, especially just appreciate all our speakers today. Hope that everyone listening has got something from it and can get out there and smash it even more so than you already are and then can tell us all your stories and most importantly, uh, put yourself forward as speaker in the future um, so that uh, we get uh, we get some uh, great speakers like we've had today. Uh, if anyone's got any feedback or or, um, or future topics or any, even better known, any great speakers, then do let me know um, and, uh, and obviously we'll get those booked. I hope everyone has a great weekend and catch you down the track.